Hello? What is this thing? Hello? Is anyone there? Is this thing on? What's this contraption? I don't know. Oh boy. This is so... I'm so We're nervous. Back after our hiatus. We found our microphone. Uh... It is nine o'clock when we're starting this, and it's going to be a long-ass podcast based on my notes, so... I'm the host. I'm going to keep it moving. All right. Uh, I'm actually drinking wine for once. I'm having my tea. It's not even tea. He just Cheers. drinks hot water now. Plain hot water, like a serial killer. Mm. It so just hits weird. the spot. There's a lot of factors involved in it. It's so weird. Number one, herbal tea is just shit. Like, I've gone years trying to be like... Oh, if I if I try this one, no. that'll be my beverage Herbal of choice. Gross, or yeah. the people online who are like, anytime I get a craving, I just have a cup of chamomile and I'm good. No. Um I believe in like the like um pseudo medicine effects of, of tea, like mm-hmm. natural remedy kind of things. Right. Chamomile helps when I have a headache, nettle help nettle mm-hmm. helps with acid reflux, peppermint helps if you have an outside stomach. But peppermint gives you acid reflux, so it's like a big tea scam. Um, <laughs> I think that's the intention. But the bigger factor with this is that in the in the property we're staying at, suddenly the water started coming out pure gray color. It's true. Randomly, not even gray, just bubbly. It came out carbonated, like, which like when you get hot water from the tap and it's like bubbly because it's hot, but even the mm, cold water looked like right. that. And it was like, well, I don't need a soda stream anymore. It's just coming out <laughs> of the sink like that. But I said to myself, you know what? I want to be that guy who's like, yeah, I started boiling my water before we got the boil water notice. Yeah, except that, like, uranium does not come out when you boil water. Mm. Heavy metals doesn't do much for those. So, yeah, that's my drink of choice tonight. Great. And I'm drinking wine out of a, a $1 Bachelorette bash. Yeah, but um, you're not wearing your Merlot Ho shirt. I am not. But you're not drinking red wine anyways. That's true. Um, P- Pinot Ho? <laughs> that sounds a lot worse. <laughs> That's great. Put that on a t-shirt. Pinoho, yeah. Um, this is episode 113. Is it? We last podcasted in the month of May. So we took the in summer. this year of our Lord. And most of the fall off. Yep. Six month hiatus, just about. We were just... We've no, just six been months, cr- yeah. Five we've just six. been... Cru- yeah, it's exactly right. Yep. My half birthday is right around the corner. Sure. Um, Would you like half a cake? I've half. I've cake been wheezing for most of those six months, but I'm not wheezing right now. So we decided. Not to, yet. The night is still young. Yeah. Um, and I got my vaccines yesterday. Two days ago. Two days ago. Yeah. Down and out yesterday. Yeah. Feeling better today. I really expected you to milk it for multiple days, and you really haven't. No, I told you I wasn't going to milk it. I told yeah. you I was going to need yesterday off to yeah. to chill. You're like the worst ambassador for the flu shot, though. Yeah. You're like, every year, I feel like this, always. This time I didn't actually get, like, a cold, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like usually it, like, bl- puts my immune system down enough that I get a cold. Maybe it's because I've been masking everywhere still. Yep. Just about everywhere. So I think our goal was to be a quarterly podcast to line up with our <laughs> financial reporting. Um, so, yeah, we took one quarter off, but now I think we're back on track. Did we do it two times in the first or second quarter of the year, though? Are we averaging once a quarter? Let's see how many we've done this year. Oh, I think the answer is probably only going to um, be that one. Let's see. I'll just keep it rolling. Like, I just have the podcast. Like, I haven't opened my podcast app in forever. Like, there are people still doing, like, podcasts. Like, Bill Simmons is doing one, like, every three days. Yeah, people are still starting new podcasts. Big Little Feelings just started a new podcast. I don't see any new, um... 
Oh, I pr- probably because I unsubscribed to it. The Will <laughs> unsubscribed to us. No, no, no. Oh. The Will Arnett and the Jason Bateman one. That one. Just oh, I got thought they so got canceled. Bad. Oh, did it? No, like I thought they got. Like I thought. Oh, we did. We've done three this calendar year. Okay, so we're averaging Glass once a Onion, Psalm for the Wild Built, because mm. we watched Glass Onion like last post Christmas, right? Right. Yes. Uh, then in February we did John Green. And bros. I remember us talking about bros for sure. And that was Which the launch of Screen Digits. Oh, Anthropocene. Yeah. yeah. And then we did in May, Weather and Don't Look Up. So we will have done four this year I if I you. am correctly recording this. On average, once a quarter. There you go. Um, Just what like the investors want. Yeah. Just the quarterly podcast that nobody Should we start to. with, the, with um, our advertisements? Sure. Book Digits. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. Um, just, just continuous new users, just lots of data streaming in. And did we just Um, launch a new feature too? Launched a new feature that is a crossover with screen digits. Mm -hmm. S-C-R-E-E. Just say, just say spelled like it sounds. (laughs) Spelled like it sounds. Screendigits.com. Uh, we're the only platform really. Although Mm -hmm. I think Metacritic can do it, but I doubt they do. Maybe they do. Yeah, I know. But we, uh, we cross-linked. So... If you're on a book page and there's been a movie or a show or a movie and a show, the only one so far I found like that, High Fidelity. That's a good trivia question. Golden Compass. Um, yes, I linked them differently because they only ever made the first movie, correct? Correct. And I linked the show that. to the whole series. But yes, that's a pretty good, pretty good example. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. I didn't know. Do you link Rings of Power? It's Rings not, of Power is it? I also gave up on The, the Hobbit. I was like, nobody cares simil- about The Hobbit. The Similarian. Rings of Power is uh-huh. most based on The Cimmerillion. Simil- Which was a different book? Yes. Oh, okay. I'll look it up. It's um, somewhat of a prequel slash encyclopedia right. kind of thing. Yeah, like you learn the like elf language and everything. Yeah. stuff. So yeah, check it out. Um, and soon we're going to add it to the recommendations page as well to, uh... And it's a nice way to find out if you, like, watch a movie and you're like, oh, that's based on the book, I could go read it. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, if you finish a book and you're like, oh, shit, there's a TV adaptation of this, like, um, yeah. Lessons of Chemistry. Yep. Lessons in Chemistry. Yep. It's coming out with the Brie Larson, um, mm-hmm. on whatever channel. Yep. It's a weird the, the direction that the Marvel Cineverse has headed in, but... I must be the only person on the planet who wants to see the Marvels. Yeah, it's getting pretty pretty much uh, dragged, as the I kids watched, say. Well, that's because all the stupid nerd bros mm-hmm. are not going to like like the female-led. Well, no, nobody liked the first Mrs. Marvel e- either, even though I liked it. Captain Marvel, or? Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah, um, that's not that's not what the kid what the listeners are here for. I did like the TV show that it was based on. Okay. Um. So do we? So, I'm in charge of our agenda. I mean, I have a lot of scribbled notes here. Do you have newses? I could, I could summon some newses. I've had six months, and I, and I look at this list often, and I was always like, man, this is going to be great once we podcast. <laughs> and now looking at the list again, it doesn't feel that great. Also, I feel like, like I is any th- of it relevant anymore? Well, that's kind of why it's funny. Can I do mine real quick? Um, sure. What do you want to go? I was just trying to figure out what I even had for news is. Okay, I'll go real quick. My first one was Fenway Park. Right after we podcasted, we went to Fenway Park for, like, Mother's Day. And I was just going to note... Run the bases. Yeah, I got to run the bases with my son, which was fun. Yeah. 
and we just had a nice outing to Fenway Park, and I appreciated, like, baseball as, like, a summertime activity, uh, and I thought it was a, a, a good use of an absurd amount of money. Now, with our current financial situation, maybe wish we had stuck with the bleacher tickets instead of the, um, the first baseline, but... Um, yeah, and then the Red Sox went on to have a terrible season, so mm. it really became irrelevant. And then the Patriots. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say. Yeah. Um, I have jotted down here Olivia Rodrigo. Not new album or anything. This is when you and I, on a pretty much daily basis, were still trying to unpack the, <laughs> Billy, the Billy Joel yes. line. And I think you finally cracked it. This was like a couple months I ago. I was the one who taught you Billy Joel. On the piano, On the we piano. Think. Which would make a lot more sense. Yes. Not taught him that Billy Joel About exists, Billy Joel, yeah. But taught him to play that Billy Joel song. Yep. Man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we're getting to that early. I just don't like mm. her commercial. She seems very bland in it. Like, the song has a lot of emotion in it, and the commercial, yeah. she's just like, she's like, just no, yeah. no emotion, no energy. Don't like it. Um... On music, my favorite album of the last year, Daisy Chain by Slowly Slowly. I know I overplay it. It's okay. Um, I'm not one to talk about overplaying right now. Right, thank you. Melbourne-based band, so whenever I go back to Australia, that's my goal. See a show. Um, I have here Hyenas. I assume this has to do with the pseudo-penis, which just blew my mind when we discovered it on a, on a kid's nature show. Uh, Where, was was Reith Witherspoon telling us about the pseudo penis, yes, or was that a yes, dream? Yes, no, that was Reith okay. Witherspoon. It wasn't really a kids' nature show. It was meant to be like a family nature show. Is this the show. one where they were all banging? All the animals were. No, that was that was a kids' nature show. <laughs> this one was just like we don't practice these jokes or something, right? Um, I thought you were going to talk about how, and it's got barbs on it too. The pseudo penis, I well, believe. Cat penises have that. Oof. Um. I wrote down Rafael Nadal, and I have no idea why. Mm. I think he got hurt at that point. Much love, Rafa. Um, tennis, I still... I feel disconnected from the tennis world, and it doesn't really bother me. Okay. I wrote down here MTV Cribs. <laughs> um, That's not a new... How old are these notes? <laughs> the note was is that people were coming out and saying that the houses they sh showed you were not those people's real oh, houses. Oh, yes, I did hear that. Which was just like, wow. That's the whole point of the show. Um, Apple goggles. Oh. Yeah, I don't I don't think anyone wants that. Next I have Will Wheaton, which is a very, very brief thing, but we watched about 12 seconds of a Celebrity Jeopardy episode in which Will Wheaton won oh, yeah. and reacted very strangely. And he didn't look well. He didn't look well. He looked shocked that he won. And Jeopardy's not a game where, like, you should really be shocked when you win. I mean, you it can be shocked by the final, like, that, the final was, Jeopardy yeah. question, but I just, yeah, he, he was acting was very strange. erratic. No one on Twitter agreed with me, but anyways. Um, I'm almost done. Oh, I thought that was your... Um, Jonah Hill got canceled. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Which, yeah, it's fine. I thought um, Seth Rogen would go first out of the two of them. Yeah, that's, but. that's a fair statement. Um, Jack Sock, getting back to tennis, retired from tennis to go become what? Figure skater. No. A professional pickleball player. Stop. Yep. Legit. And my last note was Shaq's Garage, which Oof. in all of my explorations show. of kids' television, 
Like, even the animals humping isn't as strange as Shaq's Garage. Disturbing show, yeah. Where Gronk makes appearances, and yeah, it's it's something. Would not recommend. Okay, that was my list. Thank you for indulging. Um, my newses were, were useless, so... Okay. Um, I would say... I'm going to try to do, like, a world good and bad and a, and a personal good and bad. Yeah, and then a Taylor Swift good and bad. Uh, obviously, the genocide in Gaza. I have to just, like, start on a serious note a little mm-hmm. bit. If you haven't already contacted your representatives to demand a ceasefire and to demand that we stop giving so much money to Israel for weapons and start giving more money to Gaza for aid and also... The ceasefire, because it does not help if you're giving them medication and food and water if they're continuing to be bombed the mm-hmm. entire time um, and driven out of their homes and just completely annihilated. So take a couple seconds. There's always like um, scripts you can read off like the robo mm-hmm. um, call one. What's that one? That's um, it, and we don't technically have a home state right now. So Heather's taking advantage of that and just calling all of New England all of new england but i've definitely been harassing two sets of of senators mm. about this um also the lewiston shooting it's another thing mm. that i've been contacting i've kind of blocked that out after Our that was a rough couple days that was scary we're not close enough to lewiston to be like super uh involved locally mm-hmm. but close enough that like i knew someone who knew someone kind of thing mm. and um close enough that when they didn't find him for a couple days like he easily could have been here mm-hmm so gun control is another thing to contact your senators and reps about is better gun control laws because someone with a history of mental instability and domestic violence and whatnot should not be able to access the weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, personal bad news. I've accidentally started a Santa thing with my kid. Yeah. This it is was, really a burden on all of us, but mostly really you. Um, it really is. I, Where did this mailbox even come from? Is last it Last year, I blame Erica, last year... Mm. We went to Target and Michael's, is she? Um, and got leftover Christmas crafts that were like super cheap. Mm. And apparently, she, because she does an advent calendar with her kids, and every day they do a Christmas activity. Mm. I was like, that's too much. But I was like, I'll get a couple things because, like, staying home with our kid, I need stuff to do with him all the time. So I was pulling out to see what Christmas stuff we had, putting a, up a couple of things, and. I've made a personal decision that since we don't really like Thanksgiving, that I don't need to, like, arbitrarily wait for Thanksgiving. Like, once we're into Mm -hmm. November, once it's snowed is actually usually my mental thing. Once it's snowed, it's like, all right, it's okay to put up a few Christmas things. I love how hard you you work to rationalize your Christmas obsessions. Great. I don't think I'm as obsessed as a lot of people. No, in very specific ways. You're not, like, a Christmas-aholic. But, yeah, anyways. I think I like Christmas the correct amount. Just like I Mm. think I like Disney World the correct amount. Mm. Um, anyways, so I find the crafts and my kid gets excited about the, this little mailbox that says like Santa mail, Merry Christmas or something. And I was like, oh, this would be a great way to like make sure what I got him from Santa is correct. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, what if we wrote a letter to Santa and you sign your name and you tell me what you want to put right. on it? It was supposed to be an outgoing mailbox. It was mailbox. supposed to be an outgoing mailbox and it was supposed to be like a one-time thing. Like we put mm-hmm. the letter to Santa in it, it disappears. Woohoo he immediately goes yeah and i'll put all these toys in and then when i wake up santa will have left me a present 
and just yeah, I don't get how he jumped to that I don't know and I guess because Santa brings presents while you're sleeping mm-hmm. and recently he was just like how does Santa bring your presents when he's not real and I was like right I was gonna that was gonna be I? my comment was that like we were close to being like Santa less and now it's twisted the complete other yeah way. and I think that's where that's why I like didn't give up on it because I was like feeling some guilt I'm like I don't want him to lose the magic already at age three that like yeah so but i also didn't want to straight up just like continue to lie to him hmm. so now you're lying daily yeah but it's 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 more of like a a lie of omission because it's like hmm. oh how did that toy get there versus just me every every day being like santa is real you know let's be honest you like it the most because now it's a great use of threat yeah i i don't like elf on the shelf because i don't like the like the elf's gonna watch you kind of thing Does that really work on kids this little flimsy thing i guess but i have you a couple times today like i guess i'm gonna have to put the santa mailbox away if you Mm. can't do this or that except now he's using that to threaten me back and he goes if you don't let me do this i'm gonna hit you Mm. anyways you people with two kids (sighs) um i don't know what to say yeah but then he hits them instead of us okay um he did have a other bad news is he's started fighting children on the playground Mm. um Good news is, oh, and bad news, Taylor Swift bad news, is that fan who died at the show mm. yesterday in Brazil, Anna, Anya, um, horrible conditions, and it sounded like the stadium was very negligent. They mm-hmm. closed all the air vents so that people couldn't listen outside, hmm. because they didn't want people to get a free concert and be able mm-hmm. to go outside and not pay, so they closed all of the air vents, so it was like dangerously hot inside yeah and people have shared this photo this video of taylor almost passing out Hmm. like after one of her songs she like turns around away from the crowd and like sways and like can't catch her breath Mm -hmm. and then today it was canceled this show was canceled like last minute and there's all these allegations floating around and it's a mess wow um the good news is that i think since we last podcasted Mm -hmm. i got tickets for the heirs tour for next year yeah it's not really necessarily good news for you. It's good news for me. Yeah. We still have to figure out how that's We all rebounded from the, the Gillette Stadium failure. We rebounded, yeah. Yeah. Um, and... This is the tour that never <laughs> It actually is. That's why I, I still think there's something... She's going to, like, take a hiatus after this or something. Um, the good news is that our kid is now a Taylor Swift fan. Again, good for me, maybe not for you. Mm-hmm. But we've moved on for the most part from, like, truck tunes and, you know, Coco Melon and stuff. To now his playlist of, like, 19 songs that he listens to on repeat. Yes, and even that, now he just goes, what's the last song on my playlist? Because that's, like, the most recent one that we added. And, like, while driving, he'll be like, add this to my playlist, add this, this to my playlist. This generation of kids, they don't even... They don't even know. My first my first MP3 player only had tw- room for 20 songs, kid. You used to have to carry a Walkman around, and if it wasn't anti-skip, oh watch out. Oh my goodness, anti-skip. Um, but... 1989 Taylor's version just came out. Mm-hmm. The Vault songs. That's amazing. What, that's what TV stands for. I didn't know. I thought she was Oprah, she was like going to do a TV channel like Oprah. Um so at least the songs that he's requesting over and over are songs that I like and mm. he he'll go, "Mama, is this girl pop?" <laughs> Cuz I keep telling everyone that all of his songs are girl pop. It's either Taylor Swift, Dua Lipa, yeah. a little bit of like Rihanna and Ariana Grande on there yeah. and and one random K-pop song, and then you have Cascada. Every time we touch, yeah, I successfully and the sign, got him hooked on Ace that. Ace of Base. Yeah, 
I think there's a clear line of progression there. Yeah. Um, okay, I think that's it for my news list for right now. Okay. Um, so, we're going to work our way through... Six months worth of content. Yeah, I think we Which, should do the books. The book at least has a theme, and I yeah, think it, we can... It's truly not that much content, because we have not consumed that much media in terms of TV and movies, I don't think. Yeah. I, um... We just don't get that inspired or that much time. We really have... Like a yeah, little bit of both. Know. It's like, by the time he goes to sleep, and you've been sick on and off, and... I have colic. Um... <laughs> Adult onset golic. AOC, they call me. Um, so we're both on track for our reading goals, right? We're both aimed to read 25 books this year. <laughs> and I have two more to go, and you have... I'm about to hit my goal of 150. Oh my goodness. I'm a couple off. I have That's read ridiculous. a lot of graphic novels this year, though. Right, and you started doing that, and I was like... She's cheating, but I could Yeah, you too. were judging me for it, and then the other day you were like, so could you grab me a couple graphic novels so I can reach my goal? <clears throat> so we're gonna, have turned. we're gonna talk cover three real quick here you forced me to read fun home i did um i wanted to see if it was just me or if it really was as bleak and hard to get through as i thought it was mm -hmm. um and so the author is alison bechdel which is where the bechdel uh, test comes from right correct i think mm -hmm. i only knew about it because there's a musical based on it like a right. dark dark humor dark comedy musical that got like some tonys and stuff a couple years ago and i was like interested in seeing it all i knew all i kind of knew it was like a queer coming of age kind of story and whew, i did not like the book at all it was maybe my least favorite graphic novel I've read this year. And that's really? Awesome. You gave it a C minus. I gave it a C plus on book digits. See, I thought at least you would understand some of the literary references and stuff. Right. A lot. There was a lot of like, if you're not an English major, you're not smart enough for this references. Yeah. That I found very pretentious and very draining. I was going to say, it's one thing that I've enjoyed about the couple of graphic novels that I've dabbled in is that I just feel like the the um opportunity for pretentiousness is a little bit less there and it, it just doesn't suffocate you as much but it certainly was there in this one and actually the one i read tonight um hey kiddo was actually it kind of had shades of this fun home as mm -hmm. well in terms of a really you know dark kind of twisted family drama story um with just like a real intense memoir vibe to it um so yeah anything else to say on that one which one fun home i don't really remember it that well i mm. just i just there's couldn't all stuff even... about the funeral home and it's I really just, all about the dad I and how he died and i just couldn't even get was he gay i couldn't even get through to the story because of the layers of pretension of mm -hmm. every every step of it i just yeah um Okay, next up is Flamer. This one I made you read because you have often I have lamented Boy trauma. your Boy Scout camp mm -hmm. time, and this one was about Boy was about Boy Scout camp mm -hmm. and the trauma that this kid faces there, mm -hmm. in maybe a different way than yours was. Yeah, uh, but there were there were some there was some, there was some overlap. Sure. I thought mm -hmm. so. I made you read this one. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, everything that you said, it. 
it brought back some some memories for me which uh i haven't really buried because in some ways it's funny looking back but it taught boy scout camp taught me that i was not made for nature i was not made for lakes uh i was not made for outdoor cooking it's ironic considering we live i was on a lake i was right not now. made to shoot a gun which i think you did shoot probably it oh my goodness yes i had to do bb gun shooting and Oof. i was terrible at it um i'd be pretty good at it actually i'm like surprisingly good with a bow and arrow yeah um so yeah i liked flamer i appreciated it that it had like you know, trying to figure out your identity. Like, the kid in the book is 14 years old. Um, I didn't quite get all, like, the religious symbolism and stuff. Right. Um, like, the flaming heart. Like, there was some layers of that that I didn't quite understand, but I was still able to, like, enjoy the book despite that. Unlike Fun yeah. Home, where it was just, like, every reference was, like, you probably won't get this because yeah. you're not as pretentious as me. You gave it an A-, minus. I gave it a B for Flamer by Mike Curato. I just thought that, like, the coming-of-age yeah. part was well done. Yeah, and I mean, I guess maybe this is my thing, is that, so Flamer, it wasn't a true memoir, right? Like, the character's name wasn't the author's name. Um, um, but I'm sure it was coming from an autobiographical... I think in the back, it, it basically said that, like, that all the exact characters weren't the same, yeah. but, like, the, it was drawn from his, from a couple different years of his That's experience. That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, that was kind of my issue with this Hey Kiddo one, is, is it, it was just trying to be a graphic memoir, which I get. And it wasn't? No, it was. But I'm saying it, like, it's, it like, so honest. It's, like, yeah. so, so by the book, like, by the timeline of things and yeah. everything, that, like, I felt like it didn't have sp the Got right it. space Whereas to... Flamer, like, adjusted it to yeah. fit the... Yeah, maybe because it was for a different audience or something, but anyways. And then... Ain't burned all the bright. I've, yeah, I've I heard great things about it when it came out. The title just seems to, like, give me a headache anytime I try to read it or say it in my head, so I avoided it on purpose. I struggled with it because it for a while I wasn't getting a ton of physical books from the library that has changed um hmm. but it I knew that it was an illustrated novel I don't think it's technically a graphic novel even mm. though it's within the same vein but I knew it was like an illustrated novel so I was like I'm not going to try to read this on kindle or on my phone right but then the library didn't have it or I wasn't getting books from the library so I only got it recently mm -hmm. um it wasn't quite what I expected but I think I think your quote was, "This is the closest I will get to enjoying COVID COVID um, books." Right. Yeah, I had no idea what it was about going into it. I uh, just from reading Jason Reynolds' other stuff, I assumed it was more of a race based focused story. Um, I didn't realize it was so such a like a bottle mm -hmm. bottle episode or yeah. like a like a micro story. Right. Um, I assumed kind of like you said that it was going to be more of like a a longer um treatise on right. race relations and whatnot and um not that race didn't play into it but it was yeah definitely... it kind of gives you this a snapshot of a family during pretty much early days of covid which... and it could have been like any day right like that's the yeah. whole point is that it was like you felt the repetition of it of they just keep doing the same thing over and over because yeah. you can't go out and the news and whatnot and so, yeah, I, as you alluded to, I, 
I actually just accidentally read a pandemic book a couple books ago, and I was like, oh, this is why I don't read pandemic books or things. It just it just does not interest me at all right now. Um, and so this one was just much more of a emotional and... I don't, know, I don't know how to describe it. But. I, I think I think what I liked about it compared to some other COVID ones or pandemic ones is that it did not, it very much did not try to analyze anything or like look back on it. Yeah. I think that's why I struggle with some of the COVID ones as we talked about, I think with the John Green audiobook, mm-hmm. Anthropocene Reviewed, was that it, it seems premature to be like coming to conclusions and looking back on it and reflecting on it. Right. When it's like not, really over and it's yep. kind of still very raw so i think i liked that this book leaned into the rawness and instead of trying to like psychoanalyze it or or dissect it or anything it just went the total opposite direction and just mm-hmm. went for like vibes and feelings and yep. emotions and just um a lot more in the moment reaction to it versus trying to like look back and give an analysis I agree 100%. Thank you for putting that into words. You're welcome. Um, I just wanted to mention, did you mm. have anything else to mention about that book? Mm-mm. I So I, as I mentioned, I've read a lot of graphic novels this year, like 20 or 30 probably. Mm-hmm. Partially because like, I've just found they're really good when my brain can't quite focus on a novel novel. Yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more rewarding because you can finish it in like one or two sittings. Yeah. And it's such a rush to it is oh my goodness are you are you being serious yeah no this serious. is why i like to like sit and read a book straight through in like an hour and or two. what was the first graphic novel i was ever given to read the bible which is really <laughs> hard to do in one sitting so i'm pretty sure that has informed my attitude Trauma. towards Flamer. it um so yeah i found that they're good when my brain can't quite focus on a full story like mm-hmm. a graphic novel it, like, i don't really stop to look at the artwork is that okay i i flip like, very quickly look at the artwork but i don't like stop and analyze the artwork mm-hmm. but i think that's why graphic novels help is because you know i'm someone that pictures books a lot in my head yeah. and that sometimes takes a lot of brain power that's why i was struggling with fantasy for a little while because it takes like a lot of brain power to imagine all of that and like mm-hmm. you know basically put on your own tv show in your head which is how i see books usually if they're yeah. well written Whereas graphic novels have, like, done the work for you. So it's, like, half the mental energy for me. Hmm. Because it's already showing me what it looks like. I don't have to, like, imagine it. Yep. Anyways, plus, they are very easy to grab when I'm at the library with our son. Um, because the graphic, no- the middle grade and YA graphic novels, or middle grade graphic novels, I guess, are down near the kids section. Yep. And I can, like, kind of half look at it and half watch him if he's playing. So my best graphic novels of the year, I just looked on Book Digits, um, The Princess and the Grilled Cheese Sandwich, mm-hmm. kind of ridiculous, but I really liked it. If you liked um, The Prince and the Dressmaker, kind of similar. Mm, I do remember that one. Similar. Okay, gen- I have read some other ones but one? after the Bible, yeah. Okay. Similar, like, gender-bending yep. royalty one. Golden Hour, which is another one I said that you should read. Yeah. Um, the Aftermath of a gun violence incident and also 4-h okay aquacorn cove which was like a great like um the 13th year vibe yeah yeah mermaids and shit stepping stones which was like a friendship kind of one stargazing which was a good like um diaspora immigration like how to be a good immigrant kind of one yeah or not how to be but that was whatever 
the dra uh, the tree dragon tapestry. There's the, sorry, tea dragon tap. That's a tongue twister. Hmm. Tea dragon tapestry. That's a, there's a whole series of those, but I really liked the third one. When stars are scattered was a great one about a refugee camp hmm. in I forget which country in Africa, okay. West Africa, I think, and not a country, the region. Mm -hmm. And the breadwinner, which there was like an Oscar-winning short film about that uh, a couple years ago and the graphic novel is based on the short film which is based on a book or something but it's one of Don't those make confusing me like that <laughs> book digits. um you could link just the two of them um and that one is based on i want to say iran um and gosh there's so many countries out there well, I what I found this year, I read these a long time ago, is that um, non America did it right. North America, oh, boom, God, boom, boom, they? three, you're done, you're um, done. Nonfiction graphic novels mm -hmm. are a nice, like, accessible way to read some nonfiction. Mm -hmm. um, not fun home, but nonfiction. Um, I read another one that is blanking on me. I'm blanking on it. <laughs> The Don't you dare prescribe that on that. It's <laughs> blanking on me. <laughs> That's how it is in Spanish a lot of times. Um, I'm going to see if I can find it because hmm. it was... You can filter based on tags. So you I could look. Did. Oh my goodness. The problem is that I don't... I have been very inconsistent about actually tabbing, ta tagging graphic novel yeah. as a tag. I have on some of them and I haven't on other ones. The best we could do, an illustrated memoir. Um, that one was about Vietnamese immigrants and it was... Uh, I don't know that much about the Vietnam War and how it started from mm -hmm. the Vietnamese perspective and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think I, I saw necessarily... saw Miss Saigon as a 12-year-old. I don't... I, yeah, I, I only saw... Not good, much stuck with good me. Good morning, Vietnam! Still on my to-watch list. Never seen it. Robin Williams is great in it. Great mm -hmm. in it. Um, anyways, I don't think I necessarily would have read like a full-length... Uh, story about Vietnamese immigrants, but when you put it in a graphic novel, it was much mm -hmm. more accessible. So I respect that. All right, I think we're doing great. So I'm gonna keep us to like five minutes max about these. I think even left. I was like, <laughs> I have. It's gonna take me more than five minutes. Lightning round. Now, once upon a time, you had come up with a name for these bites or something. Oh, I don't remember. It wasn't that good, so we don't have to. Do that, <laughs> Thanks. Um, we're taking taking submissions for names. Circa for... six months ago, you were like. I need a full episode to get through all my feelings about Severance. An Apple TV show with Ben Stiller behind it, Adam Scott uh, as the lead on screen, sci-fi, futuristic, dystopian, I don't Wonderworld. think I have any notes or thoughts about Severance at this point. <laughs> I will say, we should have just podcasted right after we watched it, because I was fired up. I was oh, so man. mad. It's kind of, I feel like I, I've said this a bunch of times on the podcast, but it's kind of like when I gave up on TV. I think I'd already given up on movies. Mm. But on TV, like, I remember we were in this house, and I was like, I'm going to take my, this is back when our child napped. Oh, he napped. And I was like... Oh, I'm going to take a little longer lunch break. Let's watch the penultimate one now so we can watch the finale tonight. Like, that's how engrossed I was. I wasn't loving it the whole way, but I was like, I want to see what happens. I was kind of hate watching it. Yeah. Um, by the time we were like a couple episodes in, I was like, how many episodes are left in this? Yeah. I, it was an intriguing premise. Um, it was a little Orphan Black yeah. vibes mm -hmm. in terms of like, 
you're getting mostly creepy vibes, but you don't have a lot of answers yet. Yeah. Um, the guy with the beard. Uh, the funny guy. Yeah. He pl- uh, Dylan was the character Zach Cherry. Yes. Uh, I love the- like I don't like DoorDash or any of its grocery crap that it's pushing, but they do pick the correct random side bit actors between mm-hmm. him and Fack now from the bear. Yes. Like, yeah, they speak to me. Um, and maybe you then Google DoorDash commercial because you don't remember what the <laughs> actor is from. Yeah. Um, I never really cared for the main char- the main girl, Pe- Pelly. What's what Helly? Helly. Mm-hmm. Um, she just walked a lot. There was a lot of, there was just too much walking in this entire show. It was show. such a um, low budget <laughs> set. Yeah. It was like a hallway. Yep. Um, it really was. I, my biggest issue with it that I recall is the hype. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I can't tell how much of this is the fault of the show and how much of this is the fault of the way people consume media and yeah. the way people talk about it on social media. Mm-hmm. I had heard that the last episode was like, blow, blow your, your mind, mind, best twist ever, first season of Lost, mm-hmm. like level of like. There's others. Oh my such goodness! A, they took like, the boy. Like, there's going to be this payoff that's going to be worth like all those mid season episodes of just like okay more vibes we get it it's creepy yeah, flashbacks okay, flashback yeah, yeah. yeah um so i was like okay i'm not loving the middle of this show yeah i will watch ben wyatt do most things yeah i he was he's was great in the show he he gave a hundred percent i i was like all right but the payoff is gonna be worth it because per usual we were like you know at least a month late couple months oh, late yeah. in getting to this so yeah. i had just seen i was trying not to be spoiled because i would see it on twitter when twitter still existed um and i was like okay it's gonna be worth it for the end yeah, there's per, gonna be some sick based ass on these dates we were a full year behind okay we were deeply behind that yeah so i was like there's gonna be a great twist that's yeah. gonna make it worth it so i was kind of like pushing through and we had like there were like some minor twists in there and we had kind of guessed a few things and then there was just no twist I mean, the last one had its twist, but I had called it out, and... Well, there was two. There was the personal one for uh, Adam Scott's character, Mark. Right. And there's the corporate twist for Heli. The personal one was stupid. Yeah. And the Heli one was slightly predictable and also mm-hmm. stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even remember much of my finale feelings. I just remember my feelings leading up to it. I was really annoyed by the company, the evil company at the heart of it all, because they don't show them producing anything, making any sort of profit, doing anything to help anything. They just say, oh, it's a huge company that owns this whole town and all their workers live in the town and that's how it is. That was one complaint. Number two... Um, I'm not sure I really buy the severance thing as, like, a useful, uh, tool. Like, I didn't really get why it would make you this that much department of a in particular needed it. Yeah. Where you, if you haven't watched or you don't know anything about it, the point is, is that they do something to your brain so that you can have kind of two modes. You can have personal life and work life. And you don't none of your personal drama gets carried into your work life. Right. You can't be sad because you had a bad day or whatever. Right, and that's the way they try to present it is that Adam Scott's wife in the show has just died in a car accident 
and his way to deal with it is to sign up for this program where he can basically shut off his brain for eight hours a day. So for while he's at work, he does not feel any grief or... Yeah, which I guess makes sense. And they have the little subplot where, like, the woman who's about to go into labor decides to do it so that she doesn't actually have to be present in her head for the labor. Yeah. I just don't really see it as, like, a a foundational technological shift that would really have that many use cases. I think my problem more of it, aside from kind of what you said, like at first the the vagueness of what the company does is intriguing. And then when they don't give you any answers, it's like, this is silly. But uh, my bigger issue is just, it's one of those shows where I feel like the characters did a lot of dumb shit, kind of like horror movie type shit where it's like, why would you, why would you do that? Just to, like, progress the plot. Right. The early episodes where, uh, what's his name? The guy who, like... The friend from... The 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 friend who you never actually really see at the job. Yeah. Petey? Yeah, Petey. Um, you just, like, can see the Petey stuff being dragged out and the cliffhangers coming. That stuff was garbage. I also really did not like Patricia Arquette's... No. Um, performance. And her character didn't make any sense... That she was a high-ranked, almost executive level at this company. But she, like, stalked the guy? But she was, like, living in the crappy townhomes with the rest of them. And seemed... I forget what my other complaint was. That she always had, like, time? I don't know. She was always... Always at work, but also always seemed to be home. And I just don't get why she would be that committed to the the company. I was going to say, the best character, I didn't give him the scene stealer, but Rickon is just an amazing character that came out of this show. The scene with, um, when he's at the party and he's awake or whatever, because they do that plot that makes no sense. Alright, I let us go a little over here. I think we got most of it. I'll not be tuning in for season two. I'll maybe Google the Wikipedia entry of what happens, but... okay. I'm gonna. I don't think you have a lot to say about jury duty, so I'm just gonna get my thoughts out real quick. I think I should start because I didn't really yeah, like sure. it. So the premise of jury duty, if you haven't watched it, it's still kind of a bit of a sleeper, I would say. Well, it's on Freebie, so that's <laughs> it's on Prime th- also because well, they they're like Freebie, the same. Yeah. Um, so it's about it's um basically a candid camera situation yep. where they have this setup of a jury a jury fake duty court case, yeah. but it's a fake court case but everyone knows it's fake except for juror ronald. number whatever <coughs> ronald mm-hmm. um i thought it was a good gag mm-hmm. i did not think it sustained as many episodes, episodes as it sustained yeah. i think for me i i could have been happy with like a three to four episode mini series on mm-hmm. it i uh, it wasn't as cringy as I feared because you know I struggle with um, yeah. like cringe humor. Like sometimes, right. like office the stuff, office. Yeah. yeah, I can't, I can't deal with the secondhand embarrassment. Yeah, it wasn't as cringy as I feared, and the guy was was truly a sweetheart. He's just. Um, I feel bad at clicking on his screen digits uh, credits now because he was talking about like, I'll do acting now. Maybe you know if the right opportunity comes. There's no more credits coming for Ronald. Um, I mean it takes a while though, as as you well know about. Yeah hollywood stuff but um yeah he was definitely a a sweetheart um i think the most interesting episode i think i could have done without most of the show and i just Mm -hmm. would have watched the last episode where they like explain like how they was gonna get had to pivot when he almost caught on and um i mean i think it's impressive just from a 
a filming perspective because all the actors essentially had to be doing improv like a hundred percent of the time like yeah that's one of my takeaways from it is just the um and i feel like that's why they stretched out the show because they're like we put like a month's worth of work into this show and the sets and the the, sets and all of these actors had to remember days worth of lines and as they reveal at the end like they had just hours and hours of boring stuff to record and then to hopefully get to some the guy with the chair pants yeah he was so nice to the guy with the chair pants and they just kept (laughs) making him more and more ridiculous and ronald just kept being nicer and nicer to him yeah um my favorite episode was when they end up at like the margaritaville restaurant or whatever that one's just great because ronald's like outside like hands over the shoulders of like the old lady and the chair pants guy and he's just like this is my new crew like we're stuck in this situation it's we're getting through it i just felt so bad like if i was him i would be traumatized for the rest of my life i know he got a lot of always looking over your shoulder i would just always be like am i being filmed right now am i being filmed right now and like (coughs) he thought they were all friends and they were all like being paid to be there and acting and i know that they all claim it's like like, i mean truman show syndrome is like a diagnosable syndrome now and if anyone was ever to have it it would be him because he's literally been in that yeah. situation. He's not imagining it happened to him. So there were some funny bits. There were some funny episodes. There were, like, some dumb parts. Like, that whole episode that happens in the hotel. Yeah. Where he's, like, trying to help them hook up and stuff. Like, James Marsden goes, like, all out on this show, though. Oh. I'm sure he was being paid well for his time. But he had the most complex thing. Because he was yes. playing himself. But not really. Not really. And... He had, they had no idea whether Ronald was going to know him, and it just, like, fell together perfectly, where he was like, oh, this guy from whatever shitty movie he knew him from, and then the Sonic stuff came up. Yeah. And and there was some great coincidences that just were hilarious, but yes, my biggest takeaway is... Can I make one more Yeah, sure. My biggest critique is that, like, I know the courtroom scenes were kind of boring, Mm -hmm. but there was not enough courtroom scenes to make it believable as a show called jury duty right like the courtroom scenes were so short and they basically at the on the last episode said that they cut a lot of them yeah and that they had it was hard because it was a ton of scripted dialogue yeah and that they cut a lot of it for that reason too it couldn't be it couldn't be a goofy court case the whole time right but the Um, court case the court case was dumb like that was one of my biggest disappointments i was like all right, let's see how this is set up. And, like, you saw how they, Anything. like, tried to inject humor, but it was all about a guy pissing himself at, a at like, a factory-type job and causing defective T-shirts. And, like, it was a little bit overthought, I think, the court case. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot easier, dumber court cases if you've ever watched, like... Uh, I mean, honestly, they should have done Gwyneth Paltrow, like, a Gwyneth Paltrow skiing yeah. accident one. That would have been hilarious. Um... So my final thoughts on it are, like you were kind of saying, the finale is really interesting. They bring Ronald back, you know, into the back room where their producers are actually doing everything, like where um, Truman ends up in the moon or wherever it is. Control in the, center. Yeah. Um, and exactly that, what you were saying before, they go through, oh, on that day you were starting to like be like, why is all this weird stuff happening? 
Or the funniest one was when the bailiff started shouting someone's real name. Yeah. And the rest of the characters had to be like, what is she talking about? There's no one named Angela or whatever. Yeah. And then you could see the bailiff on, like, the hidden camera being like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Um, so my number one criticism of the show is that give us that stuff in the other seven episodes. True. Like, we know. We, right. It wasn't, there were no twists for us in terms of of who was acting and who wasn't. So True. why that in? didn't they give us... Half of every episode should have been in the producer's room being like, oh, God, how are we going to get through this? Or what are we going to do for him? Or send this person in. Or, like, the whole, like, setting up the, um, the guy who disappears at the beginning. What's his line? That was what hooked me on the show. (laughs) What was the line? I can't remember. You know, the guy who falls off. No, that bit was sad because Suze Joe was supposed to have a huge role. And I guess early on. Ronald was like, oh, I love Parks and Rec, just offhand to somebody else. And they were like, sorry, Sue and Joe, <laughs> you have out. to bl- blend into the background as much as possible. No, the guy who falls from the height and then yes. gets carried off. But before then... He's going to go ja- jack off in the rest of <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go rub and Ron just has to sit there and Ron just goes, yeah, you might as well got the time or something like that. Get it out now. That's what he says. <laughs> so this was a show that like i kind of just let you watch and i would just sit on the couch on my ipad yeah being in a tv rut like it was unlike anything else i've seen so i will give it the unique factor yeah for sure uh it was not my favorite just style yeah but it was something different Mm -hmm. um and the end episode almost made it worth it yeah all right next up Academy Award winning. We pivot from jury duty to everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, stop. Yeah. I was going to have us do all TV shows. Okay, sure. Um, that's a good idea. Uh, have you ever heard of Ted Lasso? I do have notes for that. Hold on. Okay, we just finished that over the summer, right? Yeah, I was going to say that that one we did finish. Okay, I have a lot of notes. I think I should just kind of read them out. This do was, you want to start? I just want to kind of remember what season three was. Um, Nate redemption arc, which I knew was going to happen, and I was not here for it. Nate, you had far too much, uh, what's her name, um, being being boss bitch. Um, Rebecca. Sorry, no, I'm talking about Keely on Keely her new and office Jack stuff. and the gays, the Colin is and gay And her friends that she hires and that stuff. Like, yep. Okay, the best part of season three was um, Avocado Man. What's his name on the show? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Z- Z- Zava? Z- Zava, yeah. Um... That bit actually had me laughing. They I thought that they up way too right. Fast. They were doing some interesting stuff with Jamie versus him, Roy versus him, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, Zava left," and oh, it was like very clearly like just uh okay. Now we're on to the back half of the season, and we got to wrap up this stuff. So yeah, that was my biggest issue. Was um, I think to some small degree you saw this in the previous season, but it was very obvious in this season that the writers don't know what should be a multi-episode arc and yep. what should be an individual episode i'm gonna let you do most of the talking this is my number one recommendation to the showrunners and everything and i think it was a huge miss that they didn't do it they tried to do it with uh, arrest development when like the late netflix seasons and i don't think it worked i don't know if i actually watched it but Every episode here should have been one character over mm-hmm. the same time frame. 
Rebecca had an, had enough interesting things happen to her for one episode. Roy, yes. Keely, yes. Jamie, for sure. Ted, for sure. Uh, Beard, all of them. Uh, and you could have had a Trent Krim episode. You could have had the Colin episode. You could have they had tried the... tried to do that across all of the... Everybody was stretched out. You could have had the Sam episode with the restaurant. You could have had a Nate yep. episode. And people could say, skip the Nate episode if you don't want to know how it he gets redemption. It almost feels like they tried to do that and then went, eh. And then just... We'll just, they we'll just, just picked, sprinkle like, everything yeah. in. Yeah. My biggest thing was that things that should have been one episode were dragged out for half the season. And things that should have been multi-episode arcs were squished into one. Mm-hmm. My biggest examples of this were the Colin is gay storyline. Mm-hmm. They just like dropped one hint every two episodes yeah. to the point that it was just, it was not even a B plot. It was like an X plot. Yeah. Like it was just one scene. Mm-hmm. The Keely and Jack thing. Super dragged out. Yep. They have, like, again, like, one scene of drama in each episode and then just keep getting dragged out. And things that could have been multi-episode and multi-season arcs were squished into one episode. The national teams was, like, an offhand thing, like, half an episode. That could have been multiple episodes of are they going to get picked and how Mm -hmm. how they're feeling about it. The Akusha Super League thing. Right. One awkward dinner. That was a weird episode, yeah. And then it was kind of over. That could have been a, a... dragged out and the keely lost keely had like six episodes about her weird relationship with jack Mm. and within half an episode she lost her company and got her company back right that's the wrong drama to focus on to pull it out it doesn't make any sense the office made stuff was not good um and what was the other thing i was going to say um Mm. there was another one i was love arcs or anything um, I was just going to say, like, that the... Oh, I was going to say that the... I I usually love a Parks and Rec type romanticized, idealized thing, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, everyone knows it's not actually like this, but it's nice to, like, not have... I, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the, what I'm getting at is that this season was ridiculous. There was no team drama aside from Zava. Right. All of the team stuff, like even Colin coming out as gay, even like Sam's restaurant, everything was just like, we're in it, man. Like there was right. no division between the team. It was like someone had sprinkled magic fuck- fucking fairy dust all over the team. They had to the make one get fight along. in Amsterdam where they're like, what are we going to do tonight? Like, and they Stupid. dragged that out so long too. Um, and they never went back to some of the stuff. Ted in therapy. Mm-hmm. Ted with alcohol, which you wanted them to nope, get into. Never got into that. Jane being an abusive partner. That in the to second end in, with that. Yes, yeah, in the so second dumb. season, I thought they were going towards like she's really toxic, yep. and instead they try to make that like the love story. I my my actual um episode my actual quote was i guess i was fine with the nate ending i did not enjoy his slow redemption arc they didn't actually show him sacrificing anything or owning up to any of his shitty behavior they like kind of get the the scene where ted's like watch the end of the video and like you just see nate being a nervous nelly and not even committed to his own like evil acts which i don't know that didn't it wasn't like much of a character note for me but so i think the last two episodes redeemed it a little bit and made That's it what not I wrote a my total failure review, yeah. of a season they had good callbacks they had like happy endings but not like perfect endings but a lot of them like 
are a lot of the emotional parts seem dependent on like a couple like kind of throwaway things from previous yeah. episodes like at the end that the at the wedding scene there was like a very long pause on like a certain character and mm-hmm. i was like i don't fucking remember that character it was like from one season one episode like two seasons ago yeah um and uh what was the other thing i was gonna say Rebecca's stuff didn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, her the I, the Amsterdam episode. I know a lot of people liked. I thought that episode was so dumb. Um, I thought I thought who plays Jamie? Uh, Phil Dunster. He was amazing. I thought he was the MVP of the season. I think <clears throat> I think the writers got lazy in a lot of ways. Like they, I give them credit for trying to <clears throat> make a show a sports show that's not about sports first and foremost and i get that and like they were trying to dig into these characters but like everything with jamie was just daddy issues and then when he and roy are on the bikes and he's like my daddy never taught me how to ride a bike and they're like oh we both have daddy issues like there just wasn't a lot of creativity to it we get that yeah um the other thing that i think they struggled with was like the first two seasons they tried to like flesh out the characters a little bit to the point that they didn't know what to do with them in this season because they didn't want to start a new character yeah but they didn't really have enough there with just the other characters yeah i just i don't know (sighs) i will say my one positive thing Mm -hmm. not one but i do think the last two episodes were were really solid Mm um i I really liked the Ted decision at the end. Mm-hmm. It didn't necessarily make a ton of sense in the show, but I liked, as someone who we've lived in other countries and in other places, and I think they did a good job of portraying that decision mm-hmm. of like, I'm happy here where I'm at, mm-hmm. but I also think I need to leave. Mm-hmm. I think that mirrors our Australian situation, or at least that's how it felt to me, mm-hmm. where it was like, we could stay here and keep doing what we're doing, but it's at the expense of spending time with our family and of kind of building a life elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And that feeling of like, knowing that you're leaving and you're not going to be able to go back to that same dynamic, to that same moment, to that same group of people. Mm-hmm. I think they nailed that, that feeling. Mm-hmm. And I wish, I wish they had not even focused more on that because they did do a decent amount of like Ted's depressed and his son's not here. Mm-hmm. But I wish they had, I, I wish the emotion that they were able to like, the emotion and authenticity they were able to put into that. I wish they were able to do that into the other storylines yep. instead of having the other storylines feel either very jokey or very surface level or, yep. or I don't know, just not enough. I from a show that I was like super excited about of like oh I love TV again when it first started right. and then the last season it like let us down the last ways. season was very up and down there were a couple episodes that I loved and a couple <clears> episodes <throat> that I was like this is silly yep. and then this season was just this was another one that I was like oh how many episodes do we have left mm-hmm. like I was not like was oh I can't many, wait I can't wait for episodes. it to be over yeah I was like we have that many left <laughs> brutal alright <clears throat> next up Heartstopper season 2 I don't remember a ton of this. It was a little bit forgettable for me. It says season three is already on its way. I, um, I think... It had all the Paris stuff. It was all that and the prom and... 
I think some of the friend stuff we thought didn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's just... It all builds up to this Paris trip, and enough people know that Nick and Charlie are in a relationship, and Nick and Charlie benefit from a thing that's always stood out to me, whether it's college dorms or, in this case, you know, yeah. a school trip where it's like boys have to sleep with boys and yep. it's like okay fine if you force us to yeah tough break. um but their whole dynamic in that hotel room was weird their friends were like go have whatever space you need and they were like oh we, we shouldn't do anything even though no one's here and no one's watching us and we're like, horny teenagers like, yeah um i appreciate when like movies and shows and books and whatever don't have the characters go straight from like kissing into penetrative sex because i feel <laughs> like sometimes that does happen and i'm like is that really accurate for most people maybe yeah um but yeah in this case it was like oh my god should we kiss and it was like jesus these are teenage boys like i what i was reminded of i, I finally read volumes three and four of um the graphic novels after mm -hmm. watching the season and it makes so much more sense in the book because in the book tau does not yet know about charlie and nick right because charlie is afraid to tell tau because of an issue from because when he came tau out, accidentally yeah. outed him previously and nick is worried that tau will accidentally out sorry charlie is worried that that towel accidentally out nick yeah so that makes so much more sense of why like the room dynamics were weird is because tau yeah. was like completely oblivious to it whereas in the tv show they kept the awkward room dynamics but they didn't really keep the reasoning for it right. because tau was their like friends cheering knew. them on yeah. yeah so i think what the show has done a good job of is i care a lot more about the side characters i think than i do about charlie and nick yeah tau had a good season the will they won't they stuff it was a few too many of like oh him and l yeah yeah but overall it was okay and i thought the darcy and tara stuff was like yeah. was decently well done um but there just didn't seem to be a ton that happened this season it seemed to be a lot well you're leaving out isaac best character in the world isaac he gets his sort of moment he's not a real character that's why he's not in the book right so he is yes, a beautiful his little was good too, and kiddo. I hope we see more of his in the next one because it didn't really get resolved. Or I appreciated them giving Charlie another element in terms of his eating issues. Yes, I was, and how that kind of comes to light. I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, was this the season where they had like the bonfire episode? Yes, that was. And such like a everybody weird was like episode. losing everybody, even though there was only like twelve people at the party. I just yeah, remember laughing like a at small that. All clearing in the woods, and they're and like, like, "I have like, Charlie. Can't see you haven't seen Charlie in hours." <laughs> it's like just make a loop around. Yeah, he'll be just fine. Just make a loop. Um. The, the Nick with his dad stuff was bizarre but interesting that he had a dad in France and everyone was always like, "Shit, you speak French," yeah. and like dad was just such a dick um i just i keep getting this and the weird episode of atlanta mixed up where they end up at a no restaurant one has ever said that where before. they end up at a restaurant in paris where they eat the hands of other humans that was a very strange episode i accidentally why you did accidentally i watch, watch that, that one yeah i don't know why you watched that but um okay so heartstopper i've gotten over my bitterness of other authors getting their work 
adapted, but it's all right. Do you want to save the bear, or do we not think we're going to podcast for another quarter? Um, we're already over an hour. I think we should save the bear. I was going to say the opposite. Okay. I think we should. There's not much gonna, to say it's about gonna it. It's going to be the severance situation where I'm not going to remember. Yeah, there's not much to say about it. Fishes. You need to watch Fishes to understand it gave you the a show. Full panic attack. But it literally gave me a panic attack. Um, I just think it's too much. It's too much family drama. Like I don't know. I read a I read a tweet that I shared with you. That was like, I'm sorry, I can't credit it. I don't have it handy. But yeah. it was like, I thought about watching an episode of The Bear and I thought it would be too stressful. So I watched a 9-11 documentary To chill instead. out instead, yeah. Because that's the level of stress that the show is. Yeah. I, the show did some interesting things this season. I appreciated that it was very different than the last season. Yeah. I liked seeing some of the, the more minor characters. They did kind of do the each character gets an episode thing a not totally yeah. but they did a do bit. a couple character focused episodes that yeah. were interesting if not maybe called back to enough but um yeah. this season made me love richie that was my you favorite got, episode you got your richie growth that yeah. was my favorite episode of the season for sure <clears throat> um the last episode was pretty good until the very end and then i was just like the this is stuff. stupid yeah that was such a gimmick I, I not just... even the fr- like the fact that he got spoiler i guess the fact that he got stuck in the fridge i took like a bit from friends correct but Doesn't i'm, I'm okay get... with the bit because the whole thing was that he forgot to call the guy i'm okay yeah. with the bit what i'm not okay with is where they went with it i thought it was going to be a positive spin where like he's taking all this pressure on himself that he has to do everything yeah and he's locked in the fucking fridge freezer and they do it you know like, his team can yep. do it, not necessarily without him, yep. but, like, he doesn't have to put everything on his shoulders. And instead, they twist it to be the exact opposite of that, and everyone, like, blames him and shouts at him, and, like, it turns into this big drama, and that's not how I wanted it to be. I yeah. wanted it... I'm guessing the next season is when that gets <clears throat> understood by himself and the others, but it just seemed like... I don't know. Did his character not grow this season? Like, he just had the Claire stuff. Well, and his him character almost grew. Deciding and if the, he could be happy or not. And... Then, then the freezer stuff, like, threw it all back to <clears throat> not having any growth. My biggest complaint about the season is that it's just... It's such a gimmick. The whole thing felt like it should have been, like, a an epilogue to the previous season, which is, like, let's see what happens if they try to put a restaurant together in 30 days. Yeah. And, um, what's his uncle, uncle Jimmy, he's like, you got to open the restaurant by this date. And everyone's like, okay, we're going to have a whole calendar planned around it. And then you could tell the writers were like, we have to reinforce why this date's so important. Interesting. So they have this terrible scene between him and poor Abby Elliot Sugar. And I don't know. trying harder this season, but it's still just not working for me. I don't know why in the first season they went, I know who needs more lines. Right. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, and so, yeah, they, they have to sit down and he's like, actually, I think is, um, Carmi there as well? Anyways, no. it doesn't matter. But he's like, you know, if you don't, if we don't make money by this date, then I think interest rates are going to go up and I won't be able to sell the place. And so we'll be in trouble. And it's like, okay, you don't need to rush this restaurant to be ready. Uh, you didn't really have to shut down the other restaurant, but. Anyways, I think Sydney's character was meh most of the season. Yeah, it was just a little bit one note. Like, she was just wandering around eating immense amounts of food and yeah. being stressed that 
that Kami wouldn't talk Sometimes to her. Sometimes she couldn't cook and, well. Yeah. And yeah, she had like a weird, like the yips, but with cooking. Right. Um, Marcus, they seem to be setting up for big things and like stuff like leading off the season with his mom in like an, a hospital setting. You're like, okay, this is going to be important. And it's like, nope, it's just that he's got a sick mom and she may or may not have passed at the end of the season. But that was just like, we're hoping in one quick, you know, cutaway scene we can give his character, character depth. Yeah. I just wish we explicitly saw that he hooked up with the hot Danish guy on a boat. Right. Yeah. We that was that. What did they call it? Queer baiting. Queer baiting. Yeah. Thank you. I knew that. Um. But yeah, fishes is an experience. Mulaney, Mulaney's bits are great in it. Um. But it, uh, I just. To, to insinuate the family has been screwed up for that long, I guess it's possible. I just, I don't get Sugar, I don't really get Sugar's whole point in it still. Like, from what we've seen, she's just, just glimpses. She's desperate for her mom's approval, even though she's hmm. never going to get it. Alright, is that enough? I guess. Will you watch the third season? Yeah, I think so. Um, My biggest thing, and I'm, did we ever talk about the bear before? I don't even know. But I think we did. I hate fine dining. I have no respect <laughs> or interest in fine dining at all. I think it's a waste of human creativity. Money. Money. I I hate it. I have such strong anti-Michelin opinions stars. with about food and things in general, and I just think it's such a waste. Um, okay. That was the last show. Now I think we're going to go reverse in my list real ki- quick. Give me three minutes on Astro Kids slash... Tara Willy? Terrible name, yes. Why would they possibly would they? French dubbed into English? The mouth the yeah. mouths moved weirdly. Um our child has recently decided he likes space, um, after being vehemently against it before. Like would mm. not even let me put a space book next to his other books in the library bag one mm-hmm. time. Um and he's just constantly demanding content, such a whatever generation he is gonna be. Um so I googled like best space movies for kids. Come up with Astro Kid. Couldn't find it. Turns out they renamed it to Terra Willy. Horrible name. It was a fucking solid movie. Mm-hmm. I might might I might change my ratings to an A minus. Oh I did gosh. not watch a screen while I watched that TV show. You were into it. I couldn't I, with the kids movies. I just can't do it. it but it grabbed like, you. Star Trekky enough for me. Like yeah. exploring new worlds kind of thing. It was like naturey enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I just, it was just what I wanted. It was scary enough to have some drama for the adults. The art was nice. But our the kid world was, was, the world that it built was it interesting. It was better than James Cameron's Avatar. Whew. Same vibes, like cool glowy plants and stuff. <clears throat> um, but just a nice straightforward plot. Some definite plot holes that didn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have really struggled with family movie night because our kid just wants to watch kids shows or youtube or whatever yeah and this was the first movie in a while that i think we all enjoyed and he did not ask us to turn it off or skip ahead mostly yeah got scared a few times and maybe had to cover his eyes but okay um staying with animation we've got elemental which was our son's first movie theater outing second oh uh, yeah second right um I'm all for the animated rom-coms because our kid is terrified of any sort of bad guy or villainous. There was some drama. Yeah, there was no villain, I guess. The drama was all like interpersonal drama and not so much like there's a bad guy chasing them drama. I was like all in on the anti-Pixar stuff going in, but I was pleasantly surprised. I'm trying to look up what I gave it. It was like a little bit forgettable. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you much plot. about it. All I know is that... It, it was also just a little bit... Um, They tried to, like, make every immigrant story into yeah. one immigrant story, which I... I, I gave get it a why B they, plus, you gave it a B. I get why they do that for kids' movies, but I find it, like, a little bit offensive. Yeah. That they just try to, like, kind of blend all... Spicy food! Yeah. Because we're foreigners. Um, but the, the water family... I... And the mom especially yep. just it hit home for me, which I was yep. not expecting. I was, so. like, elbowing you, though, like, every time she... Every it time that great. scene came up. Those were great bits. Um... Spider-Verse. I don't know if Oof. I've ever been so excited to not... Like, I'm, I don't know if I've ever been so excited for you to be annoyed about a movie. Because I felt like you loved the first Spider-Verse one, and I appreciated it, but it didn't quite work for me. And this one you were just so annoyed about, and I got such joy out of that. Going back to the first... Going back to what you said earlier about, like, a different movie experience... Like, I think the first Spider-Verse was when everyone was really oversaturated with with all the normal Marvel movies. Yeah. That I was like, oh, this still hits that, like, superhero good versus evil, like, vibes that everyone likes. Yeah. Like, but without, with, with being different. Like I was just like, yeah, the creators and- of this, like, know what they're doing and they have something unique here. And with the second one, I was like, I don't think they know what they're doing. No, I, uh, what does my review say? Uh, I gave it a C. You didn't write anything. You gave it a C plus. I, the, all of the time, like, um, the, uh, the multiverse stuff. Yeah. Didn't make a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. We were also watching this with our three-year-old who was so confused. <laughs> he, out of any superhero, he, he knows who Spider-Man is the most for yeah. whatever reason. And it's cool art. And he wasn't even scared because he was just so confused <laughs> about the about what a multiverse is. Yeah. Um, I just... The plot didn't make a lot of sense. I We watched this one some, semi-recently. This was September. And I... Aside from British Spider-Man, British punk Spider-Man, he, I don't remember anything. I remember the India like one was important. In the space-time continuum because he wasn't supposed to be Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were some interesting bits to it. Yeah, I just don't even remember why I didn't like it. I just remember the plot didn't make well, a lot the, of sense. The, uh, and then it doesn't fucking end right, on anything. The cliffhanger it's is a just part absurd. One. Yeah. It's truly a part one. I was like, how are they going to wrap this up? And then there's just a ridiculous cliffhanger and no conclusion at all. So you've gone through like two hours of like multiverse shit and just like very weird pacing with his family stuff and the Gwen stuff and whatever. Yep. And the evil Spider-Man guy who's right. mad about everything, which didn't make a ton of sense. And then it just ends. Like there's no conclusion to it. I, I sat through way too much of that to not have any sort of satisfaction at the end of it. Yep. I think I probably would have given it like, a B or a B minus Mm -hmm. if that ending wasn't just so frustrating. Yep. All right. Um, Very, very quickly, we were bored in a hotel room with 90 minutes to kill. We watched Good on Paper. Very strange. With Eliza Schlesinger, which is like a a semi or mostly autobiographical film. Um, Her comedy... I have a love-hate relationship with. There's some bits and some of her sketch stuff on Netflix has been good, but I kind of get tired of her quickly. 
I think as an actor, she was good in this movie. Her this this anecdote of hers is just bizarre and strange, though. Of this relationship she gets into with a um, just a serial liar, basically. Yeah, I found um, I was like not super into it, and then they just really went for it with the ending, <laughs> and I it made me more into it. I was yeah. like, all right, they're just going full batshit crazy on this, and I appreciate yeah. that. So it does not have a very predictable uh, rom com type <coughs> ending. No. So I I did appreciate that. If you like her comedy, I think it's worth like a quick watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'd recommend it to just anybody, but. If you like her comedy or if you like kind of a rom-com with a twist, yep. um, it's worth a watch. And there's something to be said for the tight 90-minute comedy. Uh, speaking of time, I will cede my time up for red, red, white, and royal blue to you. Do you want to talk about Little Mermaid first? Um, I was going to talk about that next oh. on my list. So Your list makes no sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. we're doing kid. Well, yeah. We were doing kids' movies and you're jumping all over the place. Yeah. Um... Red, white, and royal blue. Yeah, um, I had no strong feelings. It was fine watch. It was, it was a step up from a Hallmark movie. I think straight to streaming made sense, and it was fine. I. It's a movie that I think I liked more after the fact, based on the fact that I've seen like a lot of Twitter, um, like, video mixes and mm-hmm. and like fan art and stuff of it. I had medium to low expectations and i think they were mostly met i i didn't love the casting to start off with and i think the casting grew on me it's still not quite how i pictured them especially alex which is acting wise behavior like behavioral wise Mm -hmm. um taylor zakarperez was really good as alex he just wasn't quite how i pictured alex in my head Mm -hmm. um i think um nicholas galatine who played henry uh I was not sold on him, and then we watched that horrible yet entertaining um, Cam- uh, Camila Cabello right. Cinderella, uh, Cinderella, and uh-huh. I was like, all right, he can pull off Henry, and he, I think he did a good job. I think the actors did a good job with what they had. Mm-hmm. I th- Side characters they, were like... They really um, streamlined the script to the point that there was almost no side characters yep. which i str- i see why there's they a did plot it to get there's a lot there's a plot to get through. there's a lot of plot to there's get there's a through. lot of plot to get through there's a lot of time jumps there's a lot yep. of scenes that they kind of have to pick and choose what scenes are gonna add which character growth mm-hmm. i think they rushed a little bit through the rivals to enemies part before jumping straight to like the friends to lovers part yeah um so as a book reader i always struggle with you know with the harry potter fuck you jkr harry potter movies i always struggled with like the side characters and side plots that were my favorites were always the ones that were cut and that kind of happened with this movie too where like i loved his sister and she was completely cut out of the movie um i think it was really important in the book that his mom was divorced and in the movie they didn't have that at all Mm -hmm. um which again, I, I I get that, but it's also a very strong part of Alex's, the reason Alex is the way he is. Yep. Um. So I I definitely felt the loss a little bit. Also, even like the ending, they make it more straightforward. It doesn't have to do with a rival campaign. It just is like a tabloid. Yep. Which I guess um the author said that that was their original ending that it was going to be like a hmm. a British tabloid or something that that um leaked their 
their information. Um, so I still think it, I think they did a, a good job of adapting it. I think it was fine. Like you said, it was a step up from a Hallmark movie. I would definitely watch it again if I ever had time to watch TV. Like it would be a good like background kind of comfort movie. Like if I just wanted to True. like do a do my embroidery and put something on in the background mm -hmm. kind of thing. I liked it well enough. The important scenes were were done well enough, I think. Um, the actors did great with what they had. Mm -hmm. um, there were some deleted scenes that have come out since that I wish were in the movie. Mm. There's a campfire scene where Henry does this whole, like, kind of third-person story about his life and why he is the way mm. he is, which, whatever, it was a little bit of a lengthy scene. I see where they cut it. There was a, a, a scene that's kind of infamous in the book, that this ice cream scene, one of the first times that they're, like, supposed to be friends and they're not friends or whatever. Um, and it was really... The, the deleted scene was really good and it would have made so much more sense in context. <laughs> and it added just that little much more of, like, them being kind of um, testy toward each other that mm -hmm. I think would have added to the film. So I wish they left that one in. Um, there's also a couple other scenes with the friends. Like you said, the side characters were, like, blink and you miss them. Yeah. Um, there were... There was a longer polo scene where the sister and um, the best friend were there and got to meet Alex. And then there was a, a longer breakfast scene at Kensington where the, the, the friends were there. There's some sort of ending scene that was cut that's like a year later that has all of the friends there. People are saying they cut that because they're going to do a sequel. Because mm. it's one of the most popular, like, prime movies. Mm -hmm. Um there was some stat about like how many people signed up for prime just to see the movie. <laughs> sure. Which is what all the streamers want, which is what know. they all want. And they prime has greenlit some very stupid sounding sequels. So it would certainly not be Jensen Axel. Jensen Ackles is over there. Just get, call me back up, buddy. <laughs> Your sailor friend is here. Um, it's an inside joke between me and him. Go back a couple episodes and you'll figure it out. Um, so I would watch, I would watch a sequel. Um, it was enjoyable. Like I said, I'd watch it again. I didn't have the highest expectations just because I'd been burnt by many an adaptation before. Mm -hmm. So I went into it thinking like, eh, this might be terrible, but I want to see it anyway. And I was like, okay, this wasn't that bad. Yep. So if you're go a huge... Go on screen digits, go on book digits, write them both. If you're a huge up. fan of the book and you're expecting it to be like, you know, word for word or exactly how you pictured it, like maybe just read some of the fan fiction I've been reading. Um, <laughs> if... If you liked the book or you're able to kind of lower your expectations a bit, um, I think it's enjoyable enough to watch. I know a lot of um, people have very strong feelings about it, and I am open to hearing about your strong feelings. So if anyone wants your to feelings are valid. wants to do a mailbag about this, um, let us know why I'm wrong. Look at about that actor photo for Taylor. Yeah, he's he's got a he's got it's a good face. Bit. Yeah, he does. Chiseled. Um, okay. And Nicholas Galzine is an upcoming thing for you. Is mm -hmm. going to be in. Uh, let me let me guess. Let me guess. Latest. He's in Bottoms. No, but I do want to watch that sometime. I think mm -hmm. I want to watch that with you. It's like a raunchy teen comedy. Right. And it's got um Ao. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, what's her name? Ao Adibri. Adibri. That's what I was going to say, and I was afraid I was pronouncing it wrong. Um, so I do want to watch that. Um, no, he has a new one that's coming up that's called Mary and George, and it's about um. It's a period period piece about mm -hmm. uh, uh, English or French English, I think, King. Mm -hmm. um, but it is like for the girls who used to like Rain, the show, mm -hmm. 
and now are into gay fan fiction. Like the the entire right. the entire trailer was just him having sex with everybody in the court. Um, Man, we've been watching Children Ruin Everything, which good for them got picked up by CW. But you see these CW commercials and previews, and you're like, bleak. Is this show from six years ago, and you're showing it now? It's so confusing. Bleak. Okay, real quick, Little Mermaid. Um, live action remake was it necessary um yes and here's why it was necessary like something like someone on a real podcast would say okay. like you sound like a radio yes host. and here's why um it was necessary to put a more correct regional spin on it i really liked that they set it in the caribbean mm-hmm. instead of in front in france mm-hmm. and i think the that um Haley what's her name? Hallie Bailey, not Haley Halle Berry. Yeah. Not Haley Bailey, Hallie Berry. Hallie Bailey. I think the fact that she is black mm-hmm. um and the fact that they I mean they didn't get like super into race dynamics, but the fact that they had more Caribbean flair like in the marketplace, yep. the fact that he was like adopted or whatever in it um and i just think having i mean yes there should be more black disney princesses of their own right but i think it makes sense for her to be black in the story if it's meant to be like caribbean Mm -hmm. a caribbean little mermaid and we have a niece who is obsessed with the little mermaid and the fact that there are little mermaid dolls and merch that look like her mm-hmm. and that are not white and like pale pale white and red hair mm-hmm. i think is very very important yeah. um i thought the songs were fine i thought aquafina was not necessary i thought the scuttle butt song was not necessary yeah. i don't think they added like a ton to the plot but i think the i think under the sea was really good i was really impressed by that mm-hmm um better than be our guest i think that was an equivalent scene yeah, that in was a Beauty and the beast and that one was a yep. letdown i thought under the sea was really good visually mm-hmm. um i thought melissa mccarthy did well as ursula yep i thought the ending scene was cool that they flipped the script a little bit that ariel actually saves eric by driving the boat mm-hmm. um to give her a little bit more agency i think her and eric had a little bit more of a connection than in the movie in the mm-hmm. movie it's kind of just like oh he saved her one time whereas in the this movie they show a little bit more development there mm-hmm. um i didn't really get ha- javier bardem as yeah. triton he didn't really do it for me um and the sisters were very blink and you miss it mm-hmm. um the girl from bridgerton i forget her name the the main girl from the last season the second season of bridgerton mm-hmm. um she was like in it and she like didn't even align like why would you even cast her she was one of the sisters oh Mm. do you see her Mm -mm. so yeah it was another one of those shows where like they give like the famous like (laughs) famous people and it's basically a cameo yep um so yeah did it add a ton no was it better than lion king live action yeah yes was it on par with the beauty and the beast one i would say sure i i would rank i was it a, the one who had a tall i would rank it a little higher i think just because i think the visuals didn't have josh groban though the visuals were a little better but all right babe. josh groban huh 
Wasn't Josh Groban? He sang the Beast song. In the credits? Yes. Okay. Do we have time to do this movie? I have a lot <clears throat> of thoughts about it. I think so. Okay. This is the time to get them out. Everything all, everywhere, all at once. Oscar darling. <clears throat> like, again, a year and a half behind on this. all of this... We watched it on DVD. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I take partial blame, but the... You are the IT person in the this The component house. cables on the back of this device have been... Were crisscrossed for a certain amount of time. A I think lot, they were crisscrossed before like I moved year, into this a house. A year. Um, we've only been watching bad old cat machine dvds with our child yeah. and thought that it was yeah. just a bad construction right. dvd that was like so, from a library sale so we watched this movie and the tv has a yellow tint to it and i, I sit there thinking wow that's like a statement I, for a movie from an asian creator director i thought with, it was intentional i thought it was it kind of worked it, it kind of worked for like the um laundromat scenes yeah and I kept it saying, weird... thinking, okay, when they do part two here after the intermission, it'll be in more vibrant colors. Yeah, or when they skip to the other universes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. that it would be like a different color. So like I think I need to watch this movie again in the proper lighting. I finally learned why um, why friend of Dorothy is like a is like a, a code for gay people, right? It's, it's literally about the Wizard of Oz movie. Mm -hmm. I thought they just liked Judy Garland, which I think was mm -hmm. part of it. But, like, apparently like, the symbolism of the movie, like how it's black and white, yeah. and then they, they, like, open up into, like, a world of color, uh -huh. and, like, the the Glinda the Good Witch kind of looks like a drag queen. Is that and, different like, than the one where you say, come here to get an abortion? What? What's that one? There isn't one, is there? I think so. I don't know. I the book I just read a, a history of Stonewall book, uh -huh. um, which didn't really get into abortions. Friend of Dorothy, it means that you're a gay man. You're queer. Got it. Okay. Abortion code. Code. <laughs> Incognito mode. Code name. Hmm. I think you've just imagined this, babe. It's like auntie or something am i making this up you're talking about aunt flo that just means you're on your period no <laughs> oh gosh yeah you're having you're having something in your brain are you having an aneurysm <laughs> do you smell burnt toast take people camping maybe that's what you're thinking huh okay anyways moving on from that <laughs> <laughs> um so i would watch everything everywhere all at once again um i w i was i know someone in the movie yeah let's get this out <laughs> i'm gonna i'll leave it from there go ahead <laughs> yeah um she hasn't helped us with any hollywood stuff so she's a rival uh, um not turned lover just a regular rival not yet still time i was awed by a lot of parts of this movie I appreciated the aesthetics of it. I appreciated the acting. Mm. I appreciated the scope of it. Can we give a shout out to Ki Hoon Kwan? Yes, Man, he was amazing. Um, it was you, just you've never really seen the Indiana Jones movies, no, no. But to see him as short round, and then to see him, 
I could cry just talking about it. Like, does, he's, like, watching the award shows and stuff, he is, like, such a genuine, like, nice person. And, mm-hmm. like, in one of his speeches, he, like, said he, like, legitimately never thought he would work in Hollywood again because he yep. wasn't, like, getting any roles and, and whatever. And now he... Did he get an Oscar? Uh, I don't know. I don't pay attention to he that. He got really. some awards for it. And um, he just was incredible in it. Incredible. Yep. And Jamie Lee Curtis, who has been in a lot of stuff, including The Bear recently. Why did she recently? get the awards I gave her, I gave her the scene stealer because to me she stole the scenes. I think that's me. You think she deserved her. the supporting actress award out of the, uh, the rest of the Asian cast? Though? No, scene stealer on screen just no, is different. No, she got yeah. a supporting actor. Yeah, no, yeah. I understand. I'm just, I'm validating myself. And actually, I didn't give it to it. Her, I gave it to Stephanie Sue. Yes, she deserved it. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis won over Stephanie Sue. Right, right, right. Okay. Bullshit. Um, so. I have I had quibbles with the movie as it was going along. I thought some of its jokes that it beat to death, like Ratatouille, um, <laughs> the hot dog fingers, the hot dog fingers, Ratatouille. I found funny the hot dog fingers one did not work for me. Yeah. Harry Shum, shout out to him too from mm-hmm. Overcoming Glee and yeah, he's like one of the only ones thus far. Again, still time. <laughs> um, so we going to Darren in a few weeks, babe? Christmas show? Oh God, no. Um, so... You were supposed to go with me years ago when it got canceled for low tickets. Go talk to Ricky. Um, (laughs) I, I just, I wanted this movie's conclusion to, to blow my mind in like an emotional, not, not emotional. I wanted to blow my mind in like a philosophical way. And I was disappointed with where it lands at the end. This because I feel I like with the multiverse, ahead. the multiverse is so depressing, really. And I feel like it sort of got into Why that. Why does it depress you? Because it means nothing you're doing right here matters because you're just forking from every other decision and you're just one of a million billion pathways. And so it doesn't matter. That is not what I get out of the multiverse. Huh. What I get out of the multiverse is that, like, there is no wrong or right decision. Like, mm-hmm. the decisions that you make are just the decisions that you make. And somewhere s- in some other universe, someone made a different decision and br- branched off from there. But there's not a wrong or right decision. Hmm. I just, I, uh, we watched it a while ago, but from my recollection, it lands with take joy out of the small moments even if they're not happy moments is that is that the moral of the story i think i would phrase it differently i think your imperfect life can i still think i be... would say find the joy in that your imperfect life yeah that like find the happiness uh something i read recently like blew my mind a little bit and it was just like happiness is an emotion not a state of being mm-hmm. and i was like dang hmm. Like, you feel happiness, you feel sadness. That does not mean that you, like, have to be yeah, happy no, every Yeah, no, that gets to day. my, then my major critique is that she has poured all this trauma onto her daughter in the central timeline, right? Yes. And it's like, it's not that it tries to excuse it away or anything, but it's just like... But I like that... Having a breakthrough after all that shitty stuff has happened, it's not good enough for me. It's not enough. It's better than Encanto. 
you hated the oh, ending of Encanto because they just skipped past all of it to have the happy ending. Mm-hmm. I appreciated for this one that it was like a hopeful ending, but it wasn't like everything's magically fixed. It was like, you fucked me up a lot and mm-hmm. we can like have a chance if you're serious about fixing it. Yeah. But it's not just going to be like a magically forgiven. Mm. I um was a bit confused fused in the middle when it like jumped to part two i didn't realize there was going to be like different parts right and i was a little confused by it but unlike you i really liked the ending i sometimes find like immigrant parent stories a little bit inaccessible with the caveat that that is fine like not Mm -hmm. all stories are for me and i'm fine if they don't hit every emotional note for me when they're not written by me for me Mm -hmm. um turning red is an example that some people loved right and it was fine but it just like didn't really do it for me i was impressed by this movie that it was very specific to kind of like asian diaspora and immigration and stuff Mm -hmm. and yet it did it in some sort of way i don't know i can't put a finger on how it was different Mm -hmm. but it still felt very relatable Hmm. to me even though their situation is not does not look like my life um, I, I really liked, um, I, I, why can I never remember his name? Kion, what's his name? Um, oh, it's right here. Um, Kehu Kwan. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked his arc of like, that he chooses to be kind on purpose and how that was like. Um, kind of a turning point in the final battle mm-hmm. of like you don't always have to like push through and be angry and cruel and take that out on other people that's that's not the only way to win that's not the only way to like get through something mm-hmm. I really liked that like resonated with me mm-hmm. I also I guess I saw the ending a little bit differently and it wasn't like you have to find happiness in shitty times mm-hmm. and it was more just like taking a moment to like appreciate what you have in your life mm-hmm. and not always be wishing you were somewhere else or wishing you had made a different choice i think like not to go full therapy session here when we're an hour and 40 minutes into this <laughs> but i think like i'm someone who struggles a lot with um kind of looking backwards and trying to decide where i could have made a different choice for something that's currently that i'm currently struggling with yeah or i'm someone who's I think just anxiety in general. I'm either looking backwards thinking like, oh, when did I fuck this up? Mm-hmm. Or looking forwards and thinking of like, things will be better when. And I think this movie, I, I liked that the ending was that reminder of like, just look around and appreciate what you have. Not like stop and smell the roses. Yeah. But just like, when you have moments of joy, like just feel them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. don't don't just like skip past them because you're stressed about something else and i think as someone with a young child who stresses us out frequently (sighs) um i liked that message for where i'm at right now where it's like yeah he's gonna annoy me like 80 percent of the day honestly as a toddler but to not skip past the moments where he is being genuinely cute and sweet and smart and Mm -hmm. um so yeah the first the first like part of the movie i was kind of intrigued but skeptical mm-hmm. when we went like full multiverse i was like what the fuck is happening mm-hmm. and then the end of the movie i was like i get it i'm into it mm-hmm. so i would watch it again 
I just always get so so flat out jealous of you when you connect with something like that. Yeah, we like got in a fight about this movie because mm-hmm. I like had really strong feelings at the ending and you were like, I don't really get it. Yeah. And I was like, How did you not get it? And I wasn't trying to be mean to you. I just yeah, you were. A little bit, but I was just like <laughs> having a moment with the movie and I wanted to like share that with you and you were not there. You no. were not there with me. No. Okay. Um I was gonna do like a quick Oh god, we have another segment at the end usually. We, I was, I, I'm not even at that segment. I was gonna oh, do gosh. a quick things of that I've watched this year, sure. like real, like one sentence each. Go. Uh, Man called Otto. <laughs> drown yourself in your bathtub instead of watching this movie. It would be more pleasant. Oh, I saw a good twenty minutes of it, and I, I was like, okay, I'm here for the big twist at least. And nope. the bus thing. Oh, watched my goodness. it with my mom. Both of us were like, that was the saddest, worst movie I've ever seen, and it deeply reinforced never wanting to read a Frederick, a Frederick Bachman whatever book because bear town or as we call it rape town we got like two episodes in and it was horrible and this movie it's so depressing it's just like a sad cry yourself to sleep book we went to a like we went to a matt nathanson concert like a good 10 months ago now and um first of all stephen kellogg stole the show shout out stephen kellogg read his book um but we went to like the meet and greet chat beforehand and my wonderful wife and i were asking matt about his favorite books and he was asking us questions about books the um the overstory came up which was fun and then some some lady in the audience rose raised her hand and was like you have to read this frederick bachman book it's a great like hidden gem and i was just like good god lady no um Paddington 2, horrible. Why does he go to prison? Most of the movie is him in prison. Doesn't make any sense. Um, don't Marmalade. introduce children to the prison industrial complex and mm. don't make it seem like weirdly good. I don't know. Um, another movie with um, Stephanie Sue. Our son thinks that jail and college are the same thing, <laughs> which is my favorite thing that's happened this year. What's that thing called? When you're in the cage all the time? College? No, son, that's jail. Yeah, right, jail. <laughs> when they put you in the cage. College. Um, another movie with Stephanie Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyride. Mm-hmm. I gave it. I gave it a B plus. It's um. It's not exactly what I thought it was, but it's a good like um. If you liked like Crazy Rich Asians, it's a good like, uh, diaspora kind of vibe where like mm-hmm. um, the main character. Um, goes to look for her, to to try to steal this business deal in China and pretends that she can speak Chinese because she's Asian looking mm. and adopted and that's how she got this big case but she doesn't actually speak Chinese <laughs> so she brings her best friend her like two best friends who really don't get along and like plus the awkward side character the Zach Galifianakis mm-hmm. character yeah. yeah so um and like there's a couple scenes that it's just like like go completely off the rails like very hangover kind of raunchy yeah um like girls trip when they start sky like sky riding and pissing on each other or yes whatever. Yeah. yes so it definitely was like the hangover Ziplining, and super I mean, yeah. bad and and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um but as we said before there's something to be said for a tight 90 minute movie i watched this on a plane and it was great it was like a great oh god yeah i just gotta mention my plane movie real quick i watched the original friday night lights and I was just so disappointed and confused of how that kicked off such a successful enterprise because it's such a mediocre movie. 
and I can't believe that Connie Britton agreed to do the show after she was given like one and a half lines in the movie and was just told to be coach's wife go yeah smile clap disgusting um the other one i watched on the plane was are you there goddess me margaret mm-hmm. didn't really like it um it was a little bit did too... rachel show her boobs no okay never it was like a child's movie so <laughs> definitely not i actually wish there was more rachel McAdams. <laughs> <laughs> um i they kind of started to get into Is like she got her margaret in the movie neither <laughs> they kind of started to get into like the different struggles of being a woman at different stages they right. have like the grandma and that who's played by um what's her face the office the um joe in the office joe the old lady boss the, the oh old... Ka- kathy bates yes kathy bates i could not remember her name mm. kathy bates is like the grandma and then you have rachel mcadams is the mm. mom and then you have the the 13 year old girl and they kind of like got a little bit into like being a woman is difficult at all phases mm-hmm. and i kind of wish they had like almost one third of the movie for like mm-hmm. had split the focus a little bit because like the people who grew up reading Ju- judy bloom are like 40 now right so i thought that they missed kind of an opportunity there to have it be more accessible to like the adults also because watching it i was like the kids stuff i'm like a little too old to relate to like oh my god training bras <laughs> but you would like think the audience of this movie is not going to be today's 13 year old yeah um so it was just fine i i also was like a little bit too young for judy bloom Mm -hmm. i'm sure i read a couple of hers but i was it was a little bit before me um another asian diaspora one that i watched a a show actually was exo kitty Mm -hmm. um which i really liked um better than the summer i turned pretty watched the first season such a mess the second season i watched like the first two episodes and it was unwatchable i could not get through it i didn't watch anymore um exo kitty i really liked i would recommend that one also like secretly very queer so props for that um fire island another asian led Mm -hmm. one it's got bowen yang and uh it was was different than the fire festival documentaries yes okay and i feel like this poor movie got Mm. confused by that uh, other people got confused because it is what kind of animal is that rain or animal mm-hmm. it is possibly <laughs> do you want to <laughs> just keep rolling okay it is possibly the best pride and prejudice um like remake i mm-hmm. have ever uh how, how, not a remake but, uh, or uh, inspire yeah whatever like yeah a, a pride and prejudice kind of loose adaptation Mm -hmm. possibly the best one i've ever seen Mm -hmm. um it took me a little while into the movie to realize that they were doing Mm -hmm. and it was just really well done Hmm. um i learned a decent amount about gay culture Mm -hmm. yet it was still accessible to someone who is very much not a gay man um the main characters were really good Mm -hmm. the like main love interest was really good uh i want to watch it with you sometime Mm -hmm. i it was we both have a shared mutual like of Pride and Prejudice, not to the point like mm-hmm. we watch all the movie adaptations like everyone else. Yeah. But um, it was just a really good movie. It surprised me. It was one of those movies that I was kind of like, oh, I've been wanting to watch this one. I'll put it on. Mm-hmm. And I was like surprised by how good it was. Um, the Barbie movie, not good. Okay. Um, That's a hot take. The plot was not good. It mm. was enjoyable to watch. 
I would have enjoyed seeing it in a theater, I think, just because of the visuals. Like, mm -hmm. it was a fun movie to watch. I watched it with my best friend having, like, a sleepover girls' night mm -hmm. as much as we can with two toddlers. And it was fun to watch. I mm -hmm. It's the most I've laughed in a movie in a while. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of really good bits. There were a lot of good gags and, and jokes, one-liners. Visually, it was fun to watch. The costumes were fun, even for someone who was not a huge Barbie-obsessed kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plot just didn't really make any sense. And America Ferrera's characters didn't do it for me. And yeah, I just, I was really disappointed with kind of the plot and like the, the, the back nine, back nine, the second half of the movie. <laughs> sure. Um, I was just like, eh. And like, Will Ferrell's character didn't make a lot of sense. Hmm. Like they had this great idea with the sets and the actors and some songs and stuff. And they really did not have a plot to go with it. <laughs> like they really had to kind of like shoehorn a plot into it. Yeah. Um, and this was another one that like, there was tons of famous people cameos that were just really underused. Mm -hmm. One of the worst was um, My Mad Fat Diary. Mm -hmm. um, Rooney, what's her, the main character? Yeah. Um, she was in it and she was just like useless like oh, it weird um no, not Rooney Mara what's her name oh uh, Ray is the character's oh, name that diary I was like excited to see her in it Sharon yeah. Rooney I was just and looking they, her up the other day to see if she was still acting and they did I want to know if Finn's still acting he's not um I mean kind of but not really he I appreciate that they had like all different shapes and sizes of Barbie. Like they definitely were trying hard not to just have it be thin blonde Barbie. Like right. Margot is literally describes herself as stereotypical Barbie. Yeah. Like that is her Barbie name. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Issa Rae is like president Barbie and you have like Dr. Barbie and physicist right. Barbie and like, and they make this it's whole very point. Very self-aware about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of a waste of some of the side characters. Um, Do I need to watch it sometime? I think, like I said, I think it's worth watching both for the visuals and for, like, the one-liners and the gags. I just wouldn't expect much in terms of plot. Yep. Um, Dungeons and Dragons. Fun romp. N it, it was a romp. That's a great word for it. I know you're making fun of me, but it was. <laughs> um, I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons player at all, um, but I do like a fantasy movie. There's still time. And it was... Oh, my bedtime. It was <laughs> just what I wanted it to be. It was like... You just my, love Chris Pine. I do love Chris Pine. My description of it was the rich, the Witcher combined with Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, It had like good. the sense of humor of Thor Ragnarok, but like the kind of just like generic medieval vibes yeah. of the Witcher. Um, Chris Pine was his goofiest self. Like they truly just told him to like <laughs> be charming and goofy and yeah. it absolutely worked. And it was just, like, the nice, like, um, you know, ragtag crew trying to yeah. pull off a, a heist, a quest, whatever. If you like fantasy movies, if you like any of the actors or actresses, just, just it's worth it. Go for it. Um, I had this guy, too. What else do we watch him in? Hmm... What are his other credits? I don't see any. Hmm. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? Yeah, I think so. That's the only thing we know him from? He's the guy on the airplane, like the oh, geeky gosh, one. that's one of the few movies I've given a full F on this app. <laughs> um, 
the the Duggars movie. I watched that a while ago. Shiny Happy People. It was it, like, a documentary series, correct? Yes. Blew my mind. Um, yeah, you were really into it for that week. It was I, it was worth watching. I was someone who like like you know my mom and I used to watch like John and Kate plus eight and yeah. like all of like those like TB TB. Yeah, it was no, quite um, an era. TBS. What was it? Called? No, it was on. Um. um what was it on tlc tlc yeah yeah all those tlc era shows like we used to not like watch them religiously but we watched them and so like as an adult kind of looking back on it it was definitely screwed up especially like as a more radical leftist at this point mm-hmm. um but yeah it was wild and i just requested to read her book um like props to jill for like getting out and like getting deconditioned a little bit mm-hmm. and um it was very interesting to see what was going on behind the scenes and really disturbing and really fucked up and kind of gave me a little bit more insight into like why things are like they are in America, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one I'll end on a Taylor Swift note. The Eras tour movie. Yep. I wasn't going to go because I'm going to see the tour next year. Hopefully who knows what's going to happen in a year, but I have tickets to see it next year. And I was kind of like, it's like a long movie and a lot of money. And like even a matinee, the tickets were ridiculously priced. I didn't even know you could do that. That you (laughs) could set the price for a different movie outside of the theater's own. It literally said when you bought the tickets, excluded from any sort of promo. You couldn't use like um, coupons on it or anything. Um, So I was like a little bit against it. Uh, not against it being in theaters i think it's great and a lot cheaper than a concert ticket for this concert that's been like impossible to get tickets for and stuff but i was just like eh, i don't know if i want to go see it i also was like i don't really want to i'm like too old for some fandom stuff like i don't really want to man the merch drops this week i didn't even check today oh gosh babe um i was just like i don't really want to be in like a theater with tons of screaming dancing like teenagers that's like, why that you live up in hickville not, and what yeah. happened so i purposely went on a weekday uh in the middle of the day when hopefully no one else would be there and we had a theater to ourselves mm-hmm. and by we i mean my three-year-old and i <laughs> um that was both good and bad i have a running like log i took notes on my notes app of like some of his comments uh-huh. um which was very funny having like hearing his comments um but his attention span is very much not two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. So about a half an hour in, he was like, when are my songs coming? And I was <laughs> like, oh, the 1989 set is not till the end, my friend. <laughs> and uh, he was not patient. He wanted to go home. We had to like leave in the middle to go get popcorn for him just so he would stop whining. <laughs> um, but we had the theater 100% to ourselves. So I just kept sending him running up and down the aisle when he was getting antsy. Mm-hmm. And I could just like sit there and sing and, and bob back and forth as I wanted to. Um, so it worked out fine. And my wonderful husband mm-hmm. got me the popcorn bucket that I got obsessed with that they did very much did not have at our little theater here. Um, so I, I eventually was swayed. I follow too many Taylor Swift fans on, I don't like to call them Swifties. I've never liked labeling myself. Potterhead was the dumbest. Oof. Um, but I've definitely like gotten a little bit sucked in to some of like the merch and stuff. And I've tried to like figure out what things I genuinely want. I really wanted the popcorn bucket. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm going to use it for, but I have it now. Um, 
our son had some great reactions to the movie and will not read out all of them mm-hmm. um but he was very obsessed with every costume change that like it was like <laughs> why is she getting her coat off why is she doing this um he at one point said you're right this is really loud um every time she switched songs he thought it was over <laughs> and sometimes he was glad it was over and sometimes he was like is there no more um all like the effects of like the stage moving up and down and her like jumping underneath the stage and stuff yeah. was very funny um and he was just like why is there nothing to hold on to the microphone oh she's gonna walk around like he was just like <laughs> really funny and a couple times he was like this is a bit similar to this other song that i like um and he'd go do we know this song we know this one mom mm-hmm. we know this one um he he said you know why i like the piano it has a big shoe on the top <laughs> it was just the cover of the piano propped up. <laughs> he thought it was a giant shoe i don't know why um what else that he was very excited when some of his songs came on mm-hmm. um they only was like two of quote-unquote his songs <laughs> from his playlist but he was very excited about it um he liked the dresses he said look mom friendship bracelets like we made which was very cute um so we had a lot of cute comments so i i liked seeing his reaction to it mm-hmm. i definitely should not have brought him in just in terms of it being way too long for him yeah um and the fact that he was like twelve dollars for like a child in the middle of the day mm-hmm. um but i saw it i did it check it off the list um we can all move on we can all move on until next year and i've already started buying outfits to see what i'm gonna wear next year yeah this is an audio only podcast thankfully i'm not wearing it now um all right we kept it under two hours upcoming oh god there's more <laughs> the willy wonka movie i know it's you have wonka. comments about that so stupid i don't know why they're making that um wish speaking of chris pine mm-hmm. the animated movie Looks wish like the most generic disney animated thing ever yeah but chris pine is the villain and i'm excited about it okay um mean girls musical movie <sighs> very confusing because they released the trailer and there's no music in it even though that's the whole point <laughs> is that it's a musical movie um, I'm only another one. Re- another weird one where yeah. some people are reprising their roles. Tina Fey and the right. principal are both their same roles. Mm-hmm. Um, I am only interested in watching it because of Renee Rapp. You mm-hmm. know, like I like some of her music and I liked her in Secret, yeah, Sex Lives of College Girls or whatever. Um, so I will watch it purely for her. But very confused as to why it's happening. Mm. Um, I think that's all I had for upcoming off the top of my head. Okay. So we'll get back to you on all that stuff in a quarter. So that was a tight two hours, mm-hmm. as they say. <laughs> um, you could have watched many of the movies that we mentioned in the time that it took you to listen to it, this if you got this far. If you even still subscribe to our podcast or remember that we exist. Bless you. Um, you're the best. Thanks for making it this far. Hopefully mm-hmm. this is like a nice surprise in your um, podcast your app, in your mm-hmm. feed. Um if you have anything you want us to to cover it'll be months probably before we do another one so we got time do the mailbag yep send send the mailbag in i never check our twitter but in theory we have a twitter at dd get down an x that's bullshit dd get down um or you can find me on bookstagram at book digits um you could make your own book digits or screen digits account if you haven't already still free and um have a great holiday. Yeah, we'll do fantasy baseball hour starting now. <laughs> no. Where's Otani gonna go, do you think? Don't care. Okay. Um stay safe. 
call your senators about about Gaza, and um, peace out. See ya.